Well, hello, Blair Kaplan Venables here with Bosco Anthony for another episode of the B Squared Social Jam. Happy Friday or happy Saturday, wherever you are in the world. Or Monday or Tuesday. It doesn't even matter. Who knows? When are you going to be listening to this? That's right. Um, you know, I'm in Pemberton, British Columbia, Canada. I'm in Brisbane, Australia, even though I have a virtual background. <laughs> Where do you think that background is? People can't probably see this if they're listening. I've actually thrown people off. I've had, so far, I've had seven people say, wow, you've got a really nice living room. And I just didn't have the heart to tell them. I'm just That's evil. so funny. Me. Well, you have very tall windows. Um, <laughs> my background is actually my office. Every probably week, the plants are moving around. My husband comes in and moves them around. But we have a really exciting episode today. Um, I, I'm a social media nerd. Like my background's in public relations. I love social media. I subscribe to a lot of the updates. And Twitter announced that they're adding a new feature, the Audible era. They're catching on. Soon you're going to be able to tweet out your voice messages. Now, what I think is hilarious about this is what's going to unfold. You know how when you see someone who's never used Zoom before or FaceTime, how the angle is always really funny. Well, yeah. I love using dictation. I love using voice to text or voice to email or talking to Siri. But sometimes people send me voice messages on Facebook or Instagram, and then I respond. But what happens is I'm so used to voice to uh, voice dictation that I say punctuation. So if I'm leaving you a message, or even voicemails, I sometimes do. I'll be like, "How's it going?" Question mark. I'm like, "Oh no, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to say question mark because this is a voice recording, not a right. dictation." And I can't get out of that habit. So I think it's going to be really funny to see all the blunders that come out of uh, Twitter voices. Yeah, I mean, look, when Zoom was the big thing, um, I remember the meme that went viral of the lady that took her laptop to the toilet, not realizing her video was on. And, um, you know, I, I'm pretty sure we're going to have some funny blooper moments with this initiative. But going back to the whole Audible era, you know, we started seeing signs when we noticed that keywords were becoming audible now from a, from a search engine perspective because of the home devices. And then we saw Spotify take Joe Rogan's podcast for over hundred million, you know, dollars. And now they're creating a platform that is video and audio, which is great for us because you and I have been recording our podcasts in both video and audio. And surprisingly enough, we're getting tons of video engagement as well. So I think, we're going to see a visual storytelling era that is not just, you know, one format of text. And, uh, and this is just the signs of many other social engines doing the same thing. Yeah, I totally agree. Um, I, and like the marketing side is really exciting, but I'm also excited for the hilarity. You know, we need a bit more humor in our lives yeah. on that note. It's so funny. Um, on Instagram, a friend was messaging me and she pocket dialed me on Instagram. She recorded right. a message and it was, are you a good girl? Should we get dinner for dad? And she was talking to her dog, but it was just like really funny. I was like, ah, Janice, <laughs> I think that was for your dog, but I am a good girl. Enjoy dinner. <laughs> <laughs> so funny. That's awesome. Um, let's talk about copywriting. How is that evolving? Uh, you know, right. So copywriting is, is a is a subjective thing, just like uh, design and, and creatives. It's, it's subjective to someone's, ego or opinion or skill set and it's it's a bit of a sensitive topic when you're working with different groups of people and i've been involved with a lot of different launches in the last few weeks and working with different vendors and you know evolving from some vendors and partners and, and everything else and what i've learned is this you know 
there's something called predictive analysis and there's something called suggestive analysis. Predictive analysis is when you predict something and go, you know, based on my ego, my skill set, based on what, what I'm feeling, this is what I'm going to predict. And this is why I think this font or this design looks great. And suggestive analysis is when you take it to the market and you do split tests and you get feedback and you hear back from things. And I feel like if you're a creative person and you're that person that's really attached to your, to your brand, you have to allow flow for people to give you feedback and perhaps have a different narrative than what, you know, the one that you had going in, because, you know, at the end of the day, we're digital marketers and we do a ton of testing and we take that feedback and make decisions based on the data. So, you know, the reason why I'm talking about this right now is because I feel like as creative people, sometimes it's good to keep your ego in check and realize that, you know, don't take offense if the data or the suggestive analysis is something totally different from your predictions. That's all. He caught me mid sip. Um, <laughs> I was waiting. I actually, like, I was waiting for you to pick up that cup. Yeah. <laughs> um, I think it's, I think what we marketers and brands and everyone that makes and does anything publicly needs to be okay with is fluidity and change. Yes. Because something that works today might not work tomorrow. You should always be changing your website. You should always be testing different copy. You know, even on social media ads, always be A-B testing, split testing. Like there's nothing wrong with changing up your narrative and your tone and your wording because it's about getting it right and making you the most money. It's not about doing what you think is right because of ego. And once your ego gets out of that way and you look at the data and you create content based on data, you're going to win. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, you know, I feel like, I, and I've seen this quite a bit right now, it, it's typically with novice people or people who haven't been in the industry for a while. Blair, you and I have had the luxury and privilege of being in, the, in this game for a very long time. You know, when, when, fogies. Yeah. Yeah. And so, you know, I'm, I'm going on my 90th marketing vertical right now. And I can only imagine how many projects you've done as well. And like so I can't even count. I will not yeah. even count. After I talked to you, actually, the first, when you told me how many verticals you've done, yeah. I was like, should I count? And I started and I was like, no, <laughs> no, I don't want to do this. this it's is a rabbit hole. Absolute rabbit hole. And I've actually listed them down. I will share them with you one day. But here's the thing. What I've learned is, is that the more insights you get, the more your brain gets changed to evolve based on data and, and insights, you become an evolved person, you grow. And that's part of this, this whole game of, of, of digital is, is growing with the audience, growing with where, you know, you don't see a perspective and know your blind spots. That's all I'm saying is, is that, you know, you, every person here, including myself, will have a blind spot. So it's good to see that sometimes and get yourself out of it. And it's a humbling process, but it's also a fruitful process. No, I agree. And I mean, I think a lot of, I think us realizing that it's part of our evolution and everyone has to start somewhere and lean into the discomfort. And I think also look to other people in the industry and watch what they're doing and learn from them. Reach out if you need a mentor. I mean, Bosco, what, who or what shaped you to become where you are today? Like what, what shaped you to become the brand Bosco Anthony yeah, I mean, I think you and I, you know, we were talking about this as well, like, you know, who, what is our origin story for our business? And, you know, I have two visions right now. I have um, a vision of my mom wearing a white uniform in East Africa and Tanzania. And she was the hardest working lady in the room. Everybody knew who she was when she put on that white uniform. She was called Sister Mary. She'd walk to church every day. Um, and then she'd tr go treat people in a hospital and she'd come home in the evening. And so, you know, that was the backbone of the foundation of hard work. 
Um, and, and, you know, I'm fortunate that my mentor, you know, came at a very young age and he's fortunate to still be in my life. And his name is David Reed from Unleash Culture. And he really shaped me to become a mentor because he really taught me the values of what an awesome mentor should be. Um, and he's the reason why I actually got up on stage and did a TEDx talk. So, you know, shout out to both these two people, you know, my mom and my dad for, for creating this working class family and, and, and David for teaching me the values of what a mentor should be. But I think that's really what inspires. And I, and I was curious because I was going to ask you, but I was like, I'm going to actually save it for our podcast. I'm curious to know who, who shaped your, your brand. I think a lot of people did. And I talk about it in my book. Actually, I have my book right here. If you're excited to see it. If you can. Congratulations, by it. the way. Thank you. Um, I, a lot of different things have shaped me. I think I'm shaped more by experiences than specific people. But I, I've been thinking about this too. And like definitely my mother and not so much in the time it was happening, but upon reflection, her hard work and her drive, being a single mom, raising two kids, putting us through a really great you know, education system, helping us you know, become really... Uh, driven, successful adults. My mom had a lot to do with who I am today. Genetically, my family is full of entrepreneurs. So I guess I was destined to be an entrepreneur. But I think there's not one specific person besides my mom. I know I've had a lot of really great teachers that stand out, you know, growing up, people who've believed in me. But I I think I'm, I'm impacted and influenced by my experiences, especially the hard experiences. Those are what help elevate me and bring me to the next level. Yeah. And, and I think it's funny because we share that sort of common bond with our moms. And, you know, someone once said, I think it was Jessica Lang that said the natural state of motherhood is unselfishness. And I feel like I can take it a step further and say the natural state of motherhood is inspiration because, um, you know, that they've really both our moms have played a, a, a massive role in, in where we are today. And, and your mom comments on our social comments. So oh, my mom, mom. She's, she's my biggest fan. Like she loves everything I do. And she, she's funny. She's gotten really funny on social media and she's finally back to work. She's a dental hygienist, but you know, we've developed a really cool relationship. We're pretty close. You know, I'm not a mommy's girl. Like I growing up, I was a daddy's girl, but you know, my parents divorced and I didn't really see my dad that much. So I've been very independent, but my mom and I have a really beautiful friendship and relationship as mother daughter. And so you know, she's been there for me. She's supported me. She's been my, my, my seed money when starting businesses. She's my number one fan, but it's not even that that's um, supported my involvement and my growth. It's her hard work. It's, you know, wanting to give me and my sister the life that she envisioned, but doing it on her own and doing what she can to give it to us, even if that meant she had to work six and a half days a week. If she meant that, if it meant she, we had to get scholarships and bursaries and right. rely on extended family for support, but it was, you know, it paid off. And now she gets to enjoy her life because she has no one to take care of but herself. Shout out to the moms. Hala. Hala for those Jewish moms out there. <laughs> All right, let's, I've got a question for you. Uh, let's talk about, and, and I, I don't want to use the word fire, but let's talk about when we've parted ways with clients or partners or vendors or whatever we want to talk about it. But let's talk about when it's time to have that breakup from a business relationship, either with a client or someone that you work with. Yeah. I, I kind of want to go one route and I'm going to ask you to go down the client route because I think you've got great stories. Well, I, yeah, I mean, I've definitely like, over the 12 years, we've, I've had many clients part ways. Maybe the contract is over, the budgets right. run out, 
Um, I decide it's not a good fit. They decide it's not a good fit. Like that's just the reality of the game. Think, you know, relationships end. <laughs> right. And um, there's been a few times where I've actually, my gut has told me don't work with this client. And then I have, and then immediately I know I should part ways with them. And you know, when I don't do that, it kind of bites me in the ass, but I've walked away from a big client recently because of racism. Right. And right. I think when it comes to parting ways, firing, you know, removing yourself, however you'd like to word it, I think you need to make sure that you're doing it for you and that it's a value and morals driven decision. Um, as soon as you're, you're making decisions based on money and greed, right. you're not going to be in a good situation. And, you know, I've had some messy partings with clients. Like I'm, I had one client who was quite misogynistic. Right. Um, he decided that he didn't want to work for me anymore. He wasn't going to pay me what I was owed. And that was that. And it's funny because I was in the process of giving him a two weeks notice. Right. Time, it's, you know, it's not working out. So it's, the clients can usually feel it too if you know it's time to get rid of them, right? Don't force something. Don't try to force a square peg into a round hole. <clears throat> right. And, you know, I'll, I'll give a different narrative as well. I had to, like you, I've had to, you know, walk away from certain situations. And sometimes it's just time to, to end and start a new leaf and a new journey. It's another reason why I moved to Australia. But, um, you know, recently I had to come to terms with, with a really hard loss. And that was one of my business partners and I were, you know, going in different directions. And so it was hard not to take it personal. And it was also hard not to feel like you had a loss, especially when you're with this person for a very long time. Um, but you know, that's part of business sometimes. And it, it opened my perspective on so many different things. It allowed me to see that there's so many other value resources out there. There's so many opportunities to work with other people, other vendors and business partners. And, you know, after taking a week of introspection, it did me a whole lot of good to step away and get away from that partnership. And, you know, the, the, the evolution of us really changed our dynamic. Sometimes you go in one direction and someone goes in another direction. Sometimes you evolve quicker than that person. And sometimes you're waiting for that person to play catch up. So, or, or vice versa. So, you know, it, it wasn't a bad thing. We, we still were able to save a friendship, uh, but we really, you know, it, it hurt. It, it was, it's all, almost like a relationship breakup. It's a breakup. But, you know, it's yeah. A, but it's a full breakup. It, but looking back now, you know, after a few weeks of that, it, it's been the healthiest and the most productive thing as well. And, and so, yeah, and I don't want to use the word fire people because I think you just evolve from people. And that's really, that's really where, um, you know, I feel like, you know, if you're a business owner, it's always encouraging to realize that it's always good to do a pulse check and check to see if your values are aligned every year. Um, you and I made a promise to ourselves. We said, hey, if this isn't fun anymore, we'll, you know wish each other well, give a big hug and move on. And I feel like that level of clarity and honesty is so important because it allows us to operate from a place of love. And, and when it's not love anymore, it's time to go. I totally agree. And, and sometimes, like you said, there's that hurt. It's like a breakup. But in order for you both to grow, you need to be apart. And there's not anything saying you're not going to come back together. And I've had some business relationships where we're, you know, things are great. We part ways and we, re, you know, reconnect. It's just the nature of the beast, right? 
and you just do what you need to do. And sometimes you need to make a decision that your partner isn't ready for or your client, but you got to do what's best for you. Agree. Agree. Uh, before we wrap up, should we talk about maybe uh, biz, uh, business and personal development? Kind of, that's my favorite topic. Yes. So, you know, here's an interesting thing. So this week um, I got approached by a, a business development lead that was from 2018. And um, it was basically a, a paid speaking invite for two events. And, you know, if you're a speaker, a lot of us, you know, during COVID really had to adjust and adjust to, to a digital platform if you were, you know, someone that traveled and spoke. And with everything that's going on in the world, events have had to shift, move or, you know, adapt. So there's a lot of conferences right now that are moving down the digital route, doing webinars and are actually looking to pay for speakers. And so I happen to be involved in some conversations but this was a lead that was from 2018 and it was a lead that went cold. So what happened was I had a conversation, provided a quote, and they said, you know what, this is great. Unfortunately, we can't afford to, to hire you as a speaker at this point because the budget's just not there. And it's so important to leave that conversation with class or grace because all I said was not a problem. I totally understand. Um, Keep me in mind. Here's my speaker kit. If you or anyone else in the event would ever want to reach out, feel free to do so. And so this lead ended up coming to a conference and seeing me speak at another conference. And, um, you know, she came and wished me and, you know, we had a big hug. It was everything was good vibes. You know, even though I didn't get the, the speaking opportunity at the time, it was just good vibes. And then recently I posted something and said, hey, it's my four year anniversary for TEDx. She saw it. I was on top of mind and, you know, all of a sudden I got invited to do the speaking event. And so all I'm trying to say is, is that, you know, a no just could also mean bad timing. Or just a no can mean right. not no, but not now. Yeah, not now. And so that was a classical example this week for me. It was a lesson. And so the, the lesson here for everybody is uh, when you're exiting a relationship or when you're not getting the answer from the relationship that you're hoping for, don't take it personally always be graceful and handle it with class and nurture your relationships. You know, you might make meet someone and five years down the road, they're going to hire you to speak or work for them. You just never know, or refer you for one of your biggest clients you've ever had a racial relationship. um, Nurturing is so important. You know, if you have a conversation, like if, if Bosco and I have a conversation today about how he loves unicorns and then I don't think of him or hear from him in two years, but then I come across this hilarious unicorn display at a museum and there's an article about it. I'm probably going to think of him because that's hilarious and I'm going to send it to him because I am also a unicorn too, just so you know. Yeah. I love unicorns. It's my sign. But I think, you know, nurturing relationships is important because you just booked a speaking engagement, you know, in a new, new world. Um, and yeah. it's all because you had a relationship that you started years ago that once was a no, but really it was not a, not a no. It was a not now. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> she exactly. Sells, she, it's like a tongue twister. <laughs> not a not, no, not now. Um, not no. and before we wrap up, you want to share your exciting news? You, you have a published, yeah. a published uh, book? We, yeah, we, so here's what happened. Um, and, and first of all, I really want to congratulate you Blair as well. Um, you know, I think this week is a big win for both of us. I noticed, um, you, you hit some of the top ranks in a lot of the categories on Amazon, entrepreneurship, you know, fe- female entrepreneurship, women in, a business. Bunch of yeah. women in business, like tons of different categories. You were a bestseller. So congratulations. It's a, it's, it's a proud achievement when your book is right next to Simon Sinek's, you know, and it's actually even higher than Simon Sinek's start with the why business book. So it was a very proud moment for you. And, and I want to make sure that 
people uh, are part of that victory lap for you. And speaking of victory laps, um, so a few months ago, we were all sitting here trying to figure out what is going on in this world. We're trying to make sense of this current times. And, and so I got invited to be part of a, a global think tank group of sense makers who were trying to figure this out. And their first theme was to write a publication. And the name of the publication was Emergent Global Perspectives in the Wake of a Pandemic, Making Sense of the Present, Facing the Future, and Reimagining Cultural Work in Marketplaces. And it's, it's a loaded topic, but there's over 60 points of views globally from different participants. Uh, there's a lot of rich content and we were able to successfully launch the website and the, and the publication this week. We've already had a, a thousand visitors, you know, get to the website and, you know, they've been such a welcoming family. I, I got on the board. I'm part of their catalyst group. They're looking for more point of views. We're looking at tackling other topics like racial equality, uh, food, food shortages in the future for the world, and just trying to make the, the world a better place and coming from, from a different lens of unity. So it's not a political group. It's not a biased business agenda group. It's a group of awesome people like you and I trying to make sense of it and doing what we can do to help with the knowledge basis. So um, if anyone is listening and they want to learn about this, the website is just graceswanguild.org. Um, and we have a short link, which is bit.ly forward slash Grace Um, and when you get there, you can download the report. It's free and it's an open source report right now. We just launched it and we've seen tons of traffic from North America. We're hoping long-term to have a global audience and also invite people because it's an inclusive, uh, format moving forward. So I've made a promise to myself that on all my media, appearances, I will give a, a, a shout out. And that's my little plug for the week. And I feel like if you're a person that is driven by intellect, you will definitely find value in this particular white paper. So go check out the Grace One Guild. That's it. GraceOneGuild.org. Yeah. Grace, GraceOneGuild.org. Um, and you know, if you have questions, drop them in the comments below, send us a message, let us know. If you're like Blair, what's your book called? Mine's called Pulsing Through My Veins. You can buy it on Amazon, but it's been an awesome week. This is episode 11. We're going to do one, 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 one more tongue twisters. <laughs> we're going to do, one, gonna do more one more for you next week. And then we're going to take a bit of a break. Episode 12. Um, so yeah, thanks for tuning in. Bosco, it's been a delight. Absolutely. And uh, congratulations on your book success as well. Once again, thank you. And congratulations on getting your white paper published. And with that, peace out. Peace out.